Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. Well, good evening, and welcome to Miracle Internet Church. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and I'm glad all of you are here. Amen, amen, amen. God has been blessing us tremendously in uh, as we seek his face, especially during our seasons of fasting. Amen? And we have a fast coming up uh, at the end of this week. And the announcement for that has been posted several times already in the chat room. So please avail yourself to those dates. Amen. Praise the Lord. Also, uh, I want to encourage you to settle yourselves down internally. That means if you were ripping and running and you had 29 errands to do, it's, it's time to calm down. It's time to settle down uh, to hear what God has to say to us tonight. Amen. He has a lot to say. And we need to be in the mindset to receive what he is saying. Also, uh, I will not be reviewing the fast with you tonight on the air. Before the day is over tomorrow, it will be posted once in the MIC chat room. Amen? Once. I will be the only person doing the postings from now on. No one else will post the fast but the pastor. It will be posted once on tomorrow, and then it's up to you to come up and get the information you need. Amen? Amen. And since we have an app, I feel most people, almost everyone can Avail themselves to what they need. Amen? Amen. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So that's where that is tonight. We're going to go ahead with the worship service as the Lord has prescribed, and we're going to receive of the Lord. Amen? Amen. So now that you have that announcement, um, let me... Talk to Brother Bill a minute. I gotta. Amen. <sighs> mm-hmm. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Little administrative work there. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the gathering of the saints together in love. We want to thank you, Lord, that you know about everybody's life and everybody's day and everybody's personal issues. You know where everybody is, and you're gathering us all together as a mother would gather her children together to sit at your feet, Lord, and to hear what you have to say. We all need to hear from you, Lord. So I present my vessel before you, and I ask you to use me as you see fit. 
I thank you, Lord, for the word that you've given us tonight because we all need to hear it. We all need to execute execute it in our lives, and we all need to see the difference that you're calling us to. This is a specific and a targeted word, and it applies to everyone. At some point, it applies to each one of us. So we want to thank you, Lord, that this is a word we will carry into the fast with us. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. And we thank you for helping us, guiding us to our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. For those of you who are just joining us, uh, the announcement about the fast is in the chat room. And uh, the details of the fast will be posted before the end of the day tomorrow. You may come up into the MIC radio chat and get those details. And also, I will be the only person posting the fast. There will be no repostings. So you may forsake and forego asking Brother Bill if he would repost it. We are not going to do it that way. Amen? I am the only person that will be posting the fast from now on, and it will be posted once. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So we want to thank the Lord for what he's doing. And while we're at it, let's ask him to bless the fast that we're going to enter into together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you repenting of our sins and our shortcomings, our failures, our iniquities, our flaws, everything about us that is not like you. We ask you, Lord, to encourage our hearts and to help us to see things from your point of view, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that as we enter into this fast, that you specifically deal with us in those areas that you have predetermined you want to deal with us with. Amen? I pray that we are open in our hearts to receive what you want to do. And I encourage my brethren and my sisters in Christ to prepare their hearts to allow you to do the work that you've come to do. We ask you, Heavenly Father, send your mercy and your grace to us. And we ask you to bless this fast, Lord, and to sanctify and to use it for your purposes, your glory, for your kingdom in our lives. We want to thank you, Lord, that this is a great and wonderful opportunity that we have to fellowship with you. And we do not take it for granted. We want to thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to humble ourselves before you. It is much needed in this day and in this hour. We want to thank you, Lord, for the roadblocks in our hearts, the stumbling places the places of offense that are still in our lives that need to be removed. You're working on these things, Lord. So we thank you for the work that you're doing. And we're coming on this fast before you, Father, yielding ourselves, yielding our vessels to you, asking you to have your way. 
Not our will, but thine be done. And we give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. We thank you, Lord, for showing us what is right and what is holy and what is acceptable before your throne. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Now, I want to say something to you. Some of you during the fast have a tendency to be too busy. Yes, too busy. You've got a lot to do. We all have a lot to do. But during fasting time, we have to slow our pace down. And we have to make time for the Lord. We have to make time for the Lord. Amen? It's important to make time for the Lord. So I want you to think about that uh, all day tomorrow. Setting aside time during the fast every day to make time. For the Lord, you see, there's some deep inner works that he wants to do. And in order to do them, he needs our undivided attention. Amen? He needs our undivided attention. And so it's necessary for us to set time apart, to pay attention, to listen to hear what the Lord has to say. Amen? So all of the things that have been cluttering up our thoughts, all of the things that have been pulling us one way and the other way, things that have been annoying us, it's time to put those things aside. Put them to the side. We'll deal with those later. We'll deal with those things later. It's time to give our attention to the Lord. Amen? It's time to give our attention to the Lord. Amen? So for those of you who missed it, the details for the fast will be posted in the MIC radio chat room before the end of the day tomorrow. You are free to come up and uh, copy and paste them in your own computer if you desire or however you choose to to handle that. But I'm not going to go over the details. You've been through that enough times. I think you pretty much know what what we're going to do. You know, you have a general idea because I've streamlined it so that the presentation is pretty much the same, so you're comfortable with it. You're not making a complete readjustment every fast that we have. Amen? It makes it go better. You have some idea what to expect. So we're going to begin, and we're going to do what God has called us to do. We're going to open up our hearts and our minds and our spirits to the Lord and allow the Lord to make the changes in us that he desires to make. Amen? There's some changes that need to be made. That's right. Every single saint, every person, there are changes that need to be made in us. Amen? And so, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. 
So I want to thank the Lord for what he's doing. I want to thank him for the work that he's working out, the things that he's going to show you. Pay attention because he's going to show you some things that you might not like about yourself. Mm, How about that? He just might show you a few things about you that he's not too pleased with. Amen? And he'll be expecting the right response from you. Praise the Lord. So we need to be open. We need to be willing. We need to be humble. We need to be submissive. And we need to be obedient. Amen? Amen. We need to lay self aside. Praise the Lord. Amen? Praise the Lord. So if you're new, just fall right in line. You'll get used to it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, the Bible says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Heavenly Father, help us to keep the attitudes of our heart, the thoughts of our mind, and the words of our mouth free from bitterness at all times. When other circumstances or other people's actions try us, may we be like Hannah, who responded with prayer when she was experiencing bitterness of soul. She prayed to you, weeping profusely, and you heard and answered the cry of her heart. You turned her bitterness into joy. Our heart is heavy with our own bitterness, the Bible says. Knowing that you know more about us than we do, choose to obey you not by not spending our years in the bitterness of our souls. Restore us. And make us live. Grant us your peace and deliver our soul from the pit of corruption. Thank you, wonderful Father, Lord and Savior, for casting all of our sins behind you. We repent of the sin of bitterness in our life and all of its manifestations, fully realizing that it has defiled us and others. From this time forward, we will forsake all bitterness, all wrath, all anger, all quarreling, resentment, and all evil speaking. We put them behind us now. We will not allow these things to be a part of our lives any longer. In their place, we will be kind tender-hearted, and forgiving toward others, even as you, Heavenly Father, have forgiven us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, saints, sometimes it's not how steep the road is. Sometimes it's that little pebble that's still in your shoe. Sometimes you have to stop 
and tall and get that little rock out of your shoe. Put your shoe back on and then proceed with your travel. It wasn't the road that was so difficult. It was that little pebble in your shoe that kept getting on your nerves. And it's the truth. It's the truth. Life is like that. Sometimes as we're walking this journey with Jesus, little pebbles get in our shoes, and they irritate us and annoy us and distract us to the point that we can sometimes become quite irritable. But if we will stop and pause just for a little bit and remove that shoe and empty those little pebbles out, we'll find that as we replace the shoe and go on, that our journey is much better. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, there are times when teeth and tongue clash. Now, everybody knows that teeth and tongue are supposed to be in the mouth together. They're supposed to work together. That's how we eat. That's how we form speech and so many things. But sometimes teeth and tongue clash, and it's a bit painful. But if we take a moment or two and readjust ourselves, things get better. You see, there are some people that are still immature in their thought life. They think that life proceeds and there are never any clashes between tongue and teeth. Well, that's not the truth. Of course there are. Are they planned? No. Do they just happen? Yes. But does that mean that the tongue is supposed to jump out of the mouth and say, well, I must be in the wrong place because I had a clash with the teeth? No. It means you just adjust. Amen? It doesn't mean that your lower teeth are supposed to jump out of the mouth and just leave your upper teeth in your tongue there. That wouldn't work either. You see, there are a lot of little things where we offend others, where others offend us, and sometimes we just offend ourselves. But that doesn't mean you throw yourself away or you throw others away. It means you step back, you readjust, and you check your attitude before the throne. Amen? Forgiveness is like a river. It flows where it's allowed to flow. Amen? It flows where it's allowed to flow. I'll let you think about that for a little while. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are our shepherd and we shall not want. That's right. You provide everything that we need. You provide us with enough love to forgive, enough love to adjust, enough love to adapt, 
enough love to make way, even though sometimes we don't understand. Amen. You haven't made any two people exactly alike. Everyone is an individual. And everyone does not see things or perceive things the way we do. We're unique and so are they. So we have to make room, you see, for others that are in our lives, even though sometimes we cannot see the same thing. Amen? We have to adapt. We have to adjust. And that requires humility, Lord. That requires humility. Help us, Lord, to humble ourselves as we walk this walk, humble enough to receive others who see things differently and who experience things differently. There's room at the cross for all of us. Amen? We cast down all imaginations and every high thing that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God, and we're bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. We know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We cast all of our cares upon you, Lord, because you care for us. Thank you, Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus, we have been healed. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and their wicked powers. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong man and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks on to the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, reporters, listeners, watchers, peeps, whispers, familiar demons, technology devils, digital devils, electronic devils, and all of their attacks in Jesus' name. We bind Leviathan spirits in their attacks, all brainwashing texts, water and marine spirits, sex devils, unclean spirits, passive devils sorcery devils, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust and drone spirits, all seducing and womanizing spirits, sorcery devils and their attacks, 
whoredom spirits in their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer in their attacks, all hypnotic trance devils in their attack, all mystic rituals and their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind all targeted radio frequency, pulse weapons, microwave attacks, electromagnetic attacks, smart technology, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind forced feedback, cyber stalking, cyber sex, cyber sex crimes, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, pulsed microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems and brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, Binding directed energy microwave weapons, binding all vibrations, which are demons. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you very much. We give you praise. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Islander, Caribbean, Latin American, Malaysian, Russian, Chinese, Japanese, global cabals, tribal groups, indigenous groups, even groups that we have not heard of yet, Father, in the name of Jesus. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind the work of every Druid and all Caribbean and Latin American black and white magic in Jesus' name. We bind all Morgellons attacks, and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal form, shape-shifting spirits. We bind every demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, hyperactivity. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse devils, satanic worship, and witchcraft dedication. We bind all formations of bullflies and other demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves. And every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind you in Jesus' name. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, monitor, track, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, corrupt, undermine, despise, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We return and loose, loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools and the spirit of the fool in Jesus' name. We bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind, food lust, 
addictions and gluttony in Jesus' name. We return to sender according to the covenant. All in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us, astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us, and against all that pertains to us, no demon, no wicked person, or unrighteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights. Returning to sender all witchcraft attacks through channeling and the satellites against the website. Returning to sender all wizardry, all black magic, all jujus, all tribal rituals and voodoo in Jesus' name. All Chaldean witchcraft returned to sender in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending, the New World Order, New Age Movement, and the Great Reset. Make believe, fantasy, fables, enchantments, La La Land, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors and the spirit and the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic spirits and practices, lewdness, perversions, outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, ar- Anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, and spirit guides and defilement by wizards. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We bind the and all of his underlings, and we chain them all in eternal chains under darkness. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, Food, fecal, and soulish sacrifices in Jesus' name. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, nature worship, unyielding, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin. We bind, in the name of Jesus Christ, all false deities, Isis, Osiris, all gods and goddesses, Kali, Apollyon, Zeus, Neptune, Python, Molech, Basilisk, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and his 72, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we chain them and all others with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, poisons, Fireballs, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, psychic weapons, prompters, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, and designs, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the power of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, vow, pledge, and prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, and the grip and all of the work of the associated organizations as well, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 
We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the pride and insanity and foolishness of our own opinions, the work of errors in our lives. We bind being misled, and we return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their heads as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief in accord with Calvary. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we have come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Thank you. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we command every demon that has followed us, has attached itself to us, was sent to us, transferred to us, to leave us now. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We chain you with eternal chains under darkness, and we send you into the spiritual cage for the angels to take you to the feet of Jesus to be judged before your time and tormented before your time. Thank you, Lord. We, Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere, especially persecuted Christians and those that were left behind in Afghanistan. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. We cover ourselves in the blood of Jesus and our transportation in Jesus' name. We take authority, dominion, and power over everything and everyone on the road that would cross our path and that would bring uh, harm to us in any way in Jesus' name. Father, keep us from harming others in the name of Jesus Christ. We cover ourselves and all of our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over all the demons of the night, bad dreams, night dreams, any dream that was not sent to us by the Godhead. We bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. We chain it with eternal chains under darkness. We send it into the spiritual cage and to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We command those demons to stay away from us. And, Father, we thank you for the warring linking angels that surround us, for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst, for your praising angels and ministering spirits, but most of all for your very presence in our midst, Father. Help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for uh, unearthing places in our lives that we thought we had pretty much gotten that straightened out. 
but there's yet more to do. Rika Rushanda Debri. Rula la dia sande de brique de rosola de dio sunde de bri. Rula la dia sande de brusha tada brique de dio sala de dio soto. Rula la dia sunde de brique kusha kakokurokoto. Rula la dia anda regisa tada brisha tada broka ba 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 kushe. Rula la dia sunde de brisha de dio sula la dia anda broka ba sala de dio soto tada brique si tada brusha de rike de brisha de dorokoto brisha. Rala la dia sunde de brisha tada dio kunde de brisha tada broka. Sila la dia sunde Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for the cleansing that comes with the blood of Jesus Christ. Pull out, Father, in the name of Jesus, all fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, witchcraft, curses, anything sent by the enemy. And we send it right back because you didn't order that for us in Jesus' name. We cut and burn and destroy ungodly silver cords and ley lines, soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other form of agreement with the demonic realm. We tear down. We break down. We crush. Walls of protection around all shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, divinators, and liars in the name of Jesus Christ. We break the power of all the curses, hexes, vexes, spells, charms, fetishes, psychic prayers and thoughts, witchcraft, voodoo, magic, sorcery, mind control, jinxes, potions, bewitchments, death, love spells, psychic warfare, psychic prayers, uh, destruction, incense and candle burning, pain, sickness, torment, flowers that were sent with demonic intent attached in Jesus' name. Incense and candle burning, incantations, chanting, ungodly blessings, hoodoo, crystals, root work, and everything else, including tribal rituals and sin, sent to us by the enemy's camp in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, years ago, saints, I didn't know this at the time, but years ago, the Lord, uh, through a series of circumstances, showed me that the devil uses flowers, not all flowers, you have to ask, especially when uh, they're sent as a gift and you don't know if the person is one, even a believer. You see, when you're going to receive a gift, you have to have that gift vetted by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. You know, I've told you before about this sister that was at the church that uh, this lady on her job kept giving her gifts, you know. It's like I think the lady sold Avon or something, and she kept giving this sister gifts. And she kept using the gifts that she was given. But they made her sick. And she couldn't figure out how something from Avon could make her sick. Well, I'm going to give you this word of wisdom. Whatever gift you're going to get, you need to vet it with the Holy Spirit. You need to hear from heaven. You see, witchcraft is everywhere. People have spirits attached to them that they don't even know they have attached to them. They have spirits in them that they don't even realize are in them and are motivating them. So you have to walk 
in truth with the Lord. So when gifts are given, ask the Lord. It's very simple. Ask. Is this okay? Does it meet your your standards? Is it all right for me to accept? Should I just disconnect myself, uh, disconnect it from the giver? Should I return it? Should it? Is it okay? You know, these kinds of things we have to ask the Lord because you really don't know what's on the other side until you ask. Amen? Amen. Sometimes the Lord sent it to you, but the person has spirits that are trying to get to you. And so they will attach themselves to the gift. In that case, you just have to get rid of the spirit, okay? All right. So it's always good to ask. Amen? It's always good to ask. Amen. Even if the giver is a family member. Amen? Amen. You know, members of our families have spirits. Yes, they do. And you know they do. And those spirits travel with them. They manifest in front of you quite often. So you have to ask the Holy Spirit. Amen? We're trying to get you into the habit of seeking the Lord at all times. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, praise the Lord. We just want to thank the Lord for what he's doing in our lives. He's making us kings. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we send back every spirit that has attached itself to us, that is not of you. We bind it in Jesus' name. We forbid it to remain with us, and we command it to leave us now in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, and we give you praise for your marvelous work in us, Father. And we release the word of the Lord over the people of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. So tonight, saints, we're going to talk about, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't give this part first. Our featured psalm is Psalm 139. Our featured psalm is Psalm 139, and our verse for meditation comes from the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. And our featured ebook is Prince of the Air Bible Study, Sons of Belial. That's a very interesting book. Amen? Our guest call-in number remains, area code 319-527-6235, and press 1. Amen. So, the Lord wants to talk to us about Cry out to God. Cry out to God. Really? Yes. Cry out to God. Saints, there will be times in our lives when we are faced with a desperate prayer need. At these times, we need to cry out to God. 
This is not a time for sealed lips with a Lord, you know it all type of attitude. Nor is this the time to wrap yourself in self-sufficiency and decide that you don't need the prayers of the body of Christ. You know, saints, there are times when people feel that uh, they don't want to put all their business out. They feel that way. But if that's how you're feeling, then you should ask the Lord how to express your prayer request so that 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 needs to be known is known. Amen. Praise the Lord. God made you to belong to the body of Christ his family of saints. So humble yourself. Do things God's way. The prideful, self-sufficient, overly independent, who don't want to bother anyone with their prayer concerns, don't receive the best outcome. Hmm, that's right. You see, this is a type of a false humility. I don't want anybody to know that I have a problem. Well, guess what? The demons all know it. Why is it it's all right with you for the demons to know, but your brothers and sisters in Christ that are going to help you fight the battle? It's not okay for them to know. That's a good question. Why is it okay for all the angels and all the demons to already know? Amen? Why is it okay for them to know, but your brothers and sisters in Christ who are actually going to stand in the trenches with you and help the battle, they can't know anything? Hmm. Ask yourself that. That's a good question. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 12, we have the following. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Verse 12, beginning with verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning with verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, 
whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? The whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, but yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Amen? We need each other. And God made it that way on purpose. That's right. Our natural bodies have many parts. But the many parts make up only one body when we are all put together. So it is with the body of Christ. Each of us is a part of the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit has fitted us all together into one body. So God has made many parts for our bodies and has put each part exactly where he wants it. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. God is clearly saying, saints, that we do need each other. We do need each other. This is his plan. No, he did not ask us our opinion because God has an opinion of his own. My, that's right. Let's go to the book of Revelation for a moment. Let's go to the book of Revelation chapter 8. The book of Revelation chapter 8. All the way to the back. Revelation chapter 8, beginning with verse 3. Revelation chapter 8, beginning with verse 3. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints. The prayers of all saints, plural. The prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. Verse 4. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God 
out of the angel's hand. So you see, there's a very real thing before the throne of God called the prayers of all saints. It's plural. It's not just one saint. No, it's all the saints. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 26, all the way back at the beginning. Leviticus chapter 26, beginning with verse 7. Leviticus chapter 26, beginning with verse 7. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. Mhm. Amen. And ye shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. Hmm. Verse 8, and five of you shall chase an hundred, and an hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. And ye shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. And five of you shall chase a hundred. And a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. Well, it appears here that if you want to win the battle, there are going to be other saints joining you in the fight. Doesn't it? It seems that if there's only five, you can chase a hundred. But a hundred can put 10,000 to flight. Well, some of us need to really come to get a revelation and understanding of these scriptures because God is saying that he's calling us to stand in support of one another in prayer. Amen? We do this through the Global Prayer Warriors Prayer Room. And if you are a person who does not enter your prayer request there, how can your brothers and sisters come in support of you? That's a good question. Think about that. If you really want to win the battle, you're going to need the support of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32 beginning with verse 28, Deuteronomy chapter 32, beginning with verse 28. For they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight, except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up? So the Lord's saying, we need to understand this. 
that one can chase a thousand and two can put ten thousand to flight. We need to understand the power of agreement in spiritual warfare prayer. We need to see this. God didn't make any one of us to be an island outside of the body. I can make it on my own. No, that's not his plan. Amen? There are some people that he has set apart for specific tasks, But that's not what we're talking about in these scriptures. We're talking about the saints coming together, supporting and undergirding one another in spiritual battles. And some of us have not yet developed a true appreciation for this concept, nor for the power that comes to play, come together as the body of Christ to win a battle in the kingdom of God. So I want you to think about this. Amen? I want you to think about this. Even the Lord Jesus requested agreement in prayer. Even the Lord Jesus requested agreement and support in prayer. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 40, Matthew chapter 26, verse 40, we read the following. Cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? You see, the Lord Jesus was expecting them to be in prayer with him as he sought his father before his arrest. He knew that the hour had come, and he needed their prayer support. However, they were asleep. So now, saints, we don't want to be asleep on our post when our brothers and sisters need us in prayer when they need our agreement, when they need our intercessory prayers on their behalf. In Mark chapter 14, verse 37, Mark chapter 14, verse 37, we find the same issue. Mark chapter 14, verse 37, and he cometh, and findeth them sleeping, and said unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Hmm. So you see, we have a responsibility, saints, in the kingdom of God to undergird and support our brothers and sisters in prayer. I know a lot of people come to Christ, and in their minds, it's all about them. It's all about their needs, what they need, what their family needs, what their present tragedy is or situation or distress. But that's not the way God sees it. God sees it differently. And we should adjust our focus to match with the Lord. 
Amen? Amen. So you see, the Lord Jesus was expecting support when he prayed. And your brothers and sisters in Christ should expect that as well. Yet many of you do not even enter your prayer request into the Global Prayer Warriors prayer room. In case you wondered, the Global Prayer Warriors prayer room on this website is blue. It's blue. Amen, it's blue. Yes, it is. Agreement in prayer with the body of Christ is extremely important in winning the battle. Yes, it is. There's some battles, they just go on and on and on, and they would be uh, not quite so difficult if we had agreement from the other saints. Well, how do I do that? Well, when you sign in to the Global Prayer Warriors Prayer Room, first of all, you must understand that what you're going to come into agreement with is the decisions that are made by the Godhead concerning the prayer request. You're going to come in agreement with what God decides. And you're going to come in agreement with the scriptures that pertain to the prayer request. That's it. Amen. You're going to come into agreement with the decision that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit decide concerning the prayer request. Because you see, the prayer request should be addressed to the Lord. It should be addressed to your Heavenly Father. It should be addressed in Jesus' name. Because there aren't any people down here that can answer the prayer request. God has to answer it. So it should be addressed to him. And whatever the Godhead has determined, whatever answer or solution is needed, the saints come into agreement with what God decides and in agreement with the scriptures that pertain to the prayer request. Amen? I realize that this is a uh, different from what some people expect, but this is the way that God set up this prayer room. This is the way it operates. We are not like everyone else. We are different. And we get different results because we do it the way that God says to do it. Amen? Amen. That will work. Amen? Let's do it God's way. So, agreement in prayer with the body of Christ is extremely important in winning the battle. A wise saint takes this position in faith. A wise saint takes this position in faith. Romans chapter 15, verse 30. Romans chapter 15, verse 30. Romans chapter 15, verse 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, And for the love of the Spirit, 
that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. This is a wise position. The saint is saying that I'm begging you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. There is agreement. Amen? There is agreement. Many of you have been in the Global Prayer Warriors prayer room, and you've read my agreement statement. Says as follows In agreement with the answers and solutions to the prayer request. In agreement with the answers and solutions to the prayer request according to the covenant. Well, what's the covenant? Do you have a Bible? There you have it the covenant. In Jesus' name. And then I list the scriptures. It's very simple, direct, straightforward, and to the point. Coming into agreement with the answers and solutions that come from the Godhead. I'm coming into agreement with them in accord with the scriptures. In agreement with the scriptures. Amen? In Jesus' name. Very simple. It takes less than a minute to do. And it's designed so that you can lend your agreement without having to spend a good 10 minutes up there typing this long statement out. Amen. It's something that you can do quickly and yet be in agreement with the Lord and the scriptures concerning the prayer request of your brothers and sisters. Amen? And we get the total effect when we do. We are called saints to support each other in prayer. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12 who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayer, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So here you have this servant of the Lord that spent a great deal of time laboring fervently in prayers on behalf of the saints. In the will of God. It's important for us to realize this, saints, because sometimes we get so caught up in our own lives, in our own situations, that we don't give this considerable thought. Amen? But it's very important to the Lord. Acts chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. The book of Acts. Chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Acts chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. 
Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quarantarians of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. It makes a difference, saints. It really does. And when Herod would have brought him forth, The same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself. And bind on thy sandals. So he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out, and followed him. And wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Verse 10. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, 
declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. So you see, saints, the whole congregation prayed for Peter, and God answered their congregational prayers with a series of miracles that we have just read. So I want to put this before you. When we on a fast follow the instructions and the dictates of the fast, the parameters of the fast, we come together as the body of Christ as one man before the throne of God. No longer how many individuals. No, we come before the Lord as one man, saying the same thing, praying the same prayers, following the same procedure. And God honors and blesses our unity. He honors and blesses our obedience. Many miracles happen during the time of our fast, some that we get to hear about and some that we don't. But God is moving. It is very, very important for us to remember that God expects us to lift our brethren up in prayer. Amen? There are things he wants to do, things he's determined to do, and we are to be partakers of his work. So, likewise, you must also pray for your own needs. No one is required to do all of your praying for you unless you are unable to pray. Uh, what comes to mind is a sister that I knew many years ago, and she was a nurse. And she ended up in the hospital for a very simple reason. It had to do with an inhaler that she used. Well, she went into a coma. She went into a coma. And the church prayed for her. Different members would take different time and pray as much as they could around the clock for her. And that is just the instance that has happened to come to mind concerning other people doing the praying when you are not able to. There are other times when people do the praying when you're not able to. When you're deep in sin, perhaps you haven't even come to the Lord yet. And other people are, as we call it, standing in the gap and interceding for you because you haven't got a clue. Amen? Because you really don't have a clue. And that's important to the Lord. We'll get into that at another time. However, 
I want you to keep in mind that we are to hold one another up before the throne of God. We're to pray for one another. We're to care. Amen? We're to care. That's important. You see how the saints got together and prayed for Peter? We're supposed to pray for one another. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end. Jesus speaking, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That's right. We're to pray and not to give up. We're to pray and not quit. And that means even in your own particular situation. We're to pray, but we're not supposed to throw in the towel and say, oh, Nothing will ever happen about this. In fact, there's, let's read a little farther. I know I just gave you Luke 18, 1, but let's go on to verse 2. I'll, while you're getting it together, I'll go back to verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always pray and not to faint or not to lose heart or not to give up saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Her continual coming. She didn't quit. She didn't give up. She didn't quit. She didn't give up. She stayed with it. She stuck with it. And the Lord said, verse 6, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Amen tell you that he will avenge them speedily. So it was because 
of her importunity. She wouldn't quit. She wouldn't give up. She just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. And God wants to improve our prayer lives by us learning not to just give up. You see, some of us, unfortunately, have developed what I call a microwave mentality when it comes to prayer. We pray once or twice, and when it didn't happen, the minute we prayed, we just flung it away somewhere and forgot about it. But God is not that way. God expects us to stay on target. God expects us to keep coming to him, coming to him, and coming to him. That's right. That's what God expects. Most people don't think that way because their minds, unfortunately, have been shaped by the world and not by the kingdom of God. You remember when Abraham was talking to God about Lot, he just kept saying, if I found favor in thy sight, so and so. What if it's only 20? What if it's only Five. What's only ten? He just kept changing the numbers. He didn't quit. He just pressed it. Amen. He pressed it. And some of us don't press. So some of us don't get results. Some of us don't press. So some of us don't get results. Amen. All right. James chapter 5, verse 13. James chapter 5, verse 13. James chapter 5, verse 13. Is among you afflicted? You having problems? Let him pray. You afflicted? You having issues? You having problems? Let him pray. It didn't say, let him whine. Didn't say, let him murmur or complain. No, let him pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. When you have a desperate situation, God expects you to come to him in prayer. That's right. In Isaiah chapter 64, verse 7, Isaiah chapter 64, verse 7, and there is none that calleth upon thy name. Wow. That's saying, Lord, there's nobody praying. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 7, and there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. You see, each person must stir themselves up to take hold of God in prayer. Every saint must stir themselves up to take hold of God in prayer. Uh, Your sister can't do all your praying for you. You're going to have to press in with God 
and get some things done in prayer yourself. It's one thing for your sister to come alongside and agree, but you're supposed to be praying. That's right. There are people in the body of Christ who think that because certain people in the body of Christ have a grace that God has given them to pray, that those are the people that are supposed to do all their praying, and what they're supposed to do is to go to that person that they found they found out about and dump their prayer request, and that's the end of it. Wrong. No, you're supposed to, you have an issue, you're supposed to go to the Lord yourself. Other people designated by the Lord, that doesn't mean you just get up and uh, willy-nilly just run around asking any and everybody. No, God is the one who assigns the person to come alongside, not you. You're not the person to make the assignment. The Holy Spirit does that. So if you're just running all over the place, you know, it's different when you're asking your pastor. That's who you're supposed to ask. But there are people who think it's their place to just ask any and everybody who says they're a Christian to pray for them. If you need prayer support, you're supposed to ask God, and God makes the assignment. Well, I did, and and I, and, and I don't know who the person is. Nobody said you had to know. It's up to God to choose who the person is. The person could be on the other side of the world praying in their prayer language, and that's the person that God wants to use. You don't ever have to have met the person. That's not a requirement. You have to trust God. When you feel that you need agreement, you are blessed. You have the Global Prayer Warriors Prayer Room. God many times wakes us up in the middle of the night to go into the prayer room to see what he wants us to do. Amen. So now, you're not alone. But you do have to call upon his name, and you do have to stir yourself up to take hold of God in prayer. No one else can do that for you. Amen. Praise God. God expects us to run after him. That's right. He does. Lamentations chapter 2, verse 19. Lamentations chapter 2, verse 19. Lamentations chapter 2, verse 19. I'll give you a moment to find Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 2, verse 19. Arise, cry out in the night. Arise, you had to, you got to get up. That's the first thing. Arise, cry out in the night. In the beginning of the watches, pour out thine heart 
like water before the face of the Lord. Arise. You got to get up. Cry out in the night. Cry out in the night. In the beginning of the watches, pour out thine heart like water before the face of the Lord. Hold nothing back. Lift up thy hands toward him for the life of thy young children that faint for hunger in the top of every street. Whatever your cause and case is, bring it before the Lord. Amen? Bring it before the Lord. Tells us here to cry out in the night. Luke chapter 22, beginning with verse 41. Luke chapter 22, beginning with verse 41. Luke chapter 22, beginning with verse 41. Speaking of Jesus, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast. This was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Somebody needs to put verse 42 on the refrigerator. Someone needs to post verse 42 on their refrigerator saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. Jesus Christ had to press into prayer himself, even though he was the Son of God. Certainly, if Jesus had to press into prayer, so do we. Amen? So do we. I wonder, do you do it this way? Psalm 61, Psalm 61, beginning with verse 1. Psalm 61, beginning with verse 1. Psalm 61, beginning with verse 1. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock 
that is higher than us. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When you're overwhelmed, you need to be in prayer. When you're overwhelmed, you need to be in prayer. You know, I found out in ministry that when people feel overwhelmed, you can give them the answer, but they won't receive it. You can give them the answer, plain, simple, short, sweet, to the point, and they won't get it. There's a work that is done in us when we go to prayer. There's a breaking up inside of us that God wants done. And it's not until we get into the throes of prayer with God that that happens. It was there all along, but it's just like it fell off the side of the wall somewhere. There is something that has to change within us when we come to God in prayer. You see, there are times when God has to allow certain circumstances in our lives to bring us to a point of brokenness. Other than that, we would walk around in our natural haughtiness all the time. And we would. We would walk around in our usual, well, I've got this together. Well, I. And sometimes God has to allow more intense situations to come into our lives to break us out of that. We don't necessarily appreciate it at the time, but God knows what he's doing. He's been working with mankind from the very beginning. And he knows how to work with us. Psalm 119, verse 10. Psalm 119, verse 10. Psalm 119, verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. You see, when we start out in prayer, we don't start out with our whole heart in it. We're still in our head. We're not in it with our whole heart. We're still in our own thoughts and in our head and what the circumstances look like. But the psalmist says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandment. See, the issue is not the most important thing at this point, God, he's saying. He's saying that I do not stray from you. That's the most important thing. You see, there's a far difference from when you're coming to bring your little situation versus when you actually go into depth with God in prayer, he's able to deal with you. 
You came talking about the circumstances. He's sitting there waiting, ready to deal with you. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. See, we must learn to be persistent and not to give up. We must learn to be persistent and not to give up. Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse 5. Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse 5. Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, his refusal to give up and quit, his insistence and persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. In other words, ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. Stop being a quitter. Persist. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. That's a promise from God. You know, I just finished congratulating a saint on their new job. That person's been looking for a job by way of the Lord for over a year, and finally they got the right job. Amen? That's how we do it in the kingdom. Luke chapter 18. Turn over a couple of pages. Luke chapter 18. We just read this scripture. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. It talks about this. I read it to you a little earlier about the city with the judge and the widow. And the Lord said in verse 6, Hear what the unjust judge saith, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry? See, there's a cry that he's looking for. Which cry day and night unto him. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. 
And let us not be weary in well-doing. That's right. Let us not, do not allow ourselves to be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. You see, you got to have some hang in there with God if you expect miracles. You got to have some real stick to itness. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. Praying always Praying always, all prayer and supplication. What does supplication mean? It means specific request in the spirit, in the spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance. Yes, you're going to have to go through something. With all perseverance. Yes, you have to learn to persevere in this faith. It's through faith and patience that we obtain the promises of God. And supplications for all saints. Yes, for all saints. We're all in this. In the kingdom of God. I know they're using that phrase in the world. They tried it for COVID, but every time I heard it, I said, no, I'm not. I'm not in that. God wants us to present his word to him and to pray with perseverance to see his word manifest in the issue. That's what he wants. God wants us to present his word to him and to pray with perseverance to see his word manifest in the issue. Yes, that means that you will present the issue to our Heavenly Father in persistence. So some of you, I ask, well, you had a dream. Did you use the dream protocol? Yes, I did. Did you ask for the Lord for an interpretation? Yes, but I I, I haven't heard yet. Okay, so now is your importunity? Where is your perseverance? Where is your stick-to-itiveness? Where is your, Lord, I'm waiting to hear from you. I'm still waiting, Lord. The word says, such and such and such in scripture, I'm trusting you for this, Lord. Where is that part? Uh Praise God. Yes, that means that you will present the issue to our Heavenly Father in persistence, reminding him of his promises. 1 Kings, chapter 18, 
First Kings chapter 18, beginning with verse 42. First Kings chapter 18, beginning with verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Evidently, this is one of Elijah's prayer postures. And said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. In other words, keep going back till you see something. Going back until you see something. Elijah kept praying. But his instructions to his servant was to go again seven times. Most of us don't do that, now do we? Luke chapter 6, 12. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray. Jesus. And continued all night in prayer to God. Wow, that's right. He went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. When you have desperate situations, saints, you have to be prepared to continue all night in prayer to God. And some of you have some very desperate situations. Yes, some of you really do. Many times, we must go back to God repeatedly on the same matter. We must go back to God repeatedly in the same manner. It doesn't mean that God's deaf or that he didn't hear you the first time. There's something that God is developing when you come back to him every time. Amen? Amen. Well, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, faith usually doesn't make any sense to you. Now, doesn't that make it faith? It doesn't always make sense to you. Many times it won't until whatever answer the Lord wants to bring has happened. You know, there's some people that uh, have the mindset that they need all their answers up front in the beginning. God does not work that way. Amen? Well, 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 why? I I need an explanation right now. No, you don't. You need to grow in faith. Amen. You need to grow in faith believing. Matthew, Matthew chapter 26, 
verse 44. Matthew, chapter 26, verse 44. Speaking of Jesus, and he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same word. Prayed the third time, saying the same word. Now, if Jesus had to do that, why do we think that we say whatever we're thinking one time and that's it? Where did we get that from? Because we didn't find it in the scriptures. Amen. Praise the Lord. Some matters will not budge until we fast. Some matters will not budge at all until we fast. You know, there's a large number of people in the body of Christ that still have never fasted, even though Jesus said that once he went away, we would fast. I wonder what's holding them up. It's just that simple. We must fast. Ezra chapter 8, verse 23. Ezra chapter 8, verse 23. Ezra chapter 8, verse 23. So we fasted and besought our God for this. And he was entreated of us. We fasted and sought the Lord concerning this issue. They go together, saints. They go together. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Joel chapter 2. Verse 12, therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. Mm-hmm. That's what God said. Amen. That's what God said. See, God's telling you how to get the job done, but many of us just don't want to do it that way. We got another plan, and our plan is the fast, quick plan so that we can avoid fasting and we can avoid this and we can, our flesh can have everything it wants, and we don't have to say no. We don't have to turn our plate over. We don't have to do it because that's so old-fashioned. You don't have to do all that anymore. Well, I've got news for you. God says you do. Amen? God says you do. And there's some things that are not going to change until you do. He says, therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garment." 
and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. And he and repenteth him of the evil. So you see, we have to fast of being a Christian. If heretofore you have not fasted, well, it's time to get started. No time like the present. No time (coughs) like the present. Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. How be it, time goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Now, I want to bring your attention to the fact that if you use other versions of the Bible, this scripture has been omitted. It's just not there. They took it out on purpose. We exclusively use the King James Version of the Bible. If you open the front space page and it says anything other than King James Version, that's not the version we use. Amen? How be it, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fast. And God means it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, beginning with verse 2. Acts chapter 13, beginning (coughs) with verse 2. Chapter 13, beginning with verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said. Who said the Holy Ghost? God can do his own talking. Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. It didn't say the work they have volunteered to do. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say the work they want to do. It doesn't say that. It says for the work whereunto I have called them. And to tell you the truth, that's the way ministry actually does work. The decision is made at the throne of God. Nowhere else. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them. They sent them away. Amen? Amen. So I hope that you understood the message. The Lord wants some persistent prayer from us. He wants us to support one another in prayer. 
He wants us to quit quitting. Uh-huh. That's that's part of it. He wants us to cry out to him. He wants us to set aside time to spend with him in prayer so he can get done the work that he's attempting to do in us. Amen. Amen. So I pray that this word helps you. I would hope that you would recast it. Amen. Because God really wants to do a work in each one of us. He really wants to do a work in each one of us. Amen. He really wants to do a work in each one of us. Now, amen. Praise the Lord. Um, hmm. Let's see. How am I going to do this? Okay. I'm going to do it like this. Um, I'm going to do this like this. Mm. Praise God. All righty. Amen. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to do this like this. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us. Amen. Amen. Just be patient with me me a moment. I'm trying to get something done. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Amen. Let's see how this goes. All right. We're getting somewhere. Amen. Now, as you know, When we bring these adjudications before the Lord, it's important to the Lord. If you did not know that, let me be the first to let you know. This is important to the Lord. I know some of you thought, well, all they talk about is politics at the end. No, this is important to the Lord. This is very important to him. He's moving in the earth in judgment now. And he's executing these adjudications that we place before him. And he's not joking. He's very serious. He's judging a lot of things in the earth. And he would like for a change for his people to be in agreement with him and not with the devil. You say, what? That's right. God would actually like for his people 
to be in agreement with him and not with the devil. You see, some people are in agreement with their own opinion, and some people are in agreement with uh, their tradition. That's right. They have a tradition. Their family thinks this way, and that's what they're in agreement with. God would like somebody for a change to actually be in agreement with him. That's what he would like. And so we're going to do that. We're going to be in agreement with God. That's the way to do things. Amos 3 3 declares that two can't walk together lest they be agreed. Amen? Amen. So we should seek to agree with God. We should seek to agree with him. Amen? All right. We're going to begin with our adjudication. And I'm going to try to get through the first one. And we'll see how this goes. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. A new bill in Congress would ban federal funding for institutions that deny care to patients for not having a COVID-19 vaccine. After multiple patients in the United States seeking transplants have been rejected over their vaccination status. The two-page bill states that no funds authorized or appropriated by federal law and none of the funds in any trust fund to which funds are authorized or appropriated by federal law shall be made available to a facility that refuses to provide treatment to an individual based on the COVID-19 vaccination status of such individuals. The legislation is called the COVID-19 Vaccination Non-Discrimination Act. No American should be denied access to critical care based on a personal medical decision. Yet, tragically, many hospitals and other medical facilities continue to discriminate against those unvaccinated for COVID-19. Senator Rand Paul, a doctor, he's a medical doctor, who co-sponsored the legislation, said in a statement, he said that the bill will protect the rights of vulnerable patients to make their own health care choices and ensure that federal taxpayer dollars do not support facilities that turn away patients based on their COVID-19 vaccination status. There's no reason that medical facilities should deny care to people based on their COVID-19 vaccination status, and there's certainly no reason for institutions that do so to receive any federal funding. Unfortunately, You know, we presented a case um, before the Lord before about this uh, young girl whose parents, uh, I think she needed a transplant, and they wouldn't give it to her because her parents said she couldn't get the COVID vaccine. They didn't trust it. They didn't believe in it. And so they denied her her transplant. He said, oh, okay, there is no reason that medical facilities 
should deny care to people based on their COVID-19 vaccination status. And there's certainly no reason for institutions that do so to receive any federal funding, unfortunately. This is happening far too often, including in my own home, home state of North Carolina. The COVID-19 Vaccination Non-Discrimination Act will require that injustice and affirms that people who have the right to make their own medical decision. Uh, Representative Dan Bishop, who introduced the companion bill in the House of Representatives, added Senators Ron Johnson, Mike Lee, Tom Cotton, Marco Rubio, Cynthia Loomis, J.D. Vance, Mike Braun, Kevin Kramer are co-sponsors of the Senate bill. Multiple patients in the United States have been denied transplants during the pandemic because of their refusal to get a COVID-19 vaccine. A U.S. Army veteran was denied a lung transplant because he declined to get a vaccination, to get vaccinated. Unfortunately, we are unable to offer lung transplant as a treatment option for you due to your unwillingness to receive recommended routine health maintenance, including your vaccinations, which is an absolute contradiction to lung transplantation at our center. A doctor at the Veteran Affairs Hospital in Wisconsin that was treating that gentleman wrote to him. Other patients have been removed from waiting lists Due to their vaccination status, D.J. Ferguson, 31, uh, for instance, was removed in 2022 from a heart transplant waiting list by Brigham and Women's Hospital. Other patients have been unable to get transplants, even though they're vaccinated because their donors have not received a shot. The Cleveland Clinic, for instance, told a man in 2021 he wouldn't be able to receive a kidney because his donor was unvaccinated. The clinic also refused to undertake a kidney transplant for a nine-year-old boy because his father, the donor, refused to get a vaccine. Both COVID-19 infections and vaccinations can trigger organ transplant rejection, studies show. Some cases have gone to court. Ross Baranko, a 73-year-old Michigan man, is among those who have brought litigation over being rejected for a transplant. To qualify for a transplant, both of my kidneys have been functioning at 20% or less. What if the vax destroys the remaining function before the operation? If it does, I'm done, he said. Democrats control the Senate, with 51 seats held by Democrats or nominal independents who caucus with the party. No Democrats are co-sponsors of the new legislation. Republicans control the House after flipping a number of seats in the midterm elections. Bills typically require 60 votes to pass the Senate and a simple majority to pass the lower chamber. Republicans during the pandemic have generally been supportive of individual choice and freedom to remain unvaccinated, while Democrats have generally supported restrictions and mandates, including vaccine mandates. Democrats, though, have shown an increased appetite to turn back restrictions and mandates in recent months. 
Party members, for example, helped her insert a provision in the defense funding bill that forced the military to repeal its vaccine mandate, which had remained in place since its imposition in August 2021. Representative Adam Smith, the top Democrat on the House Armed Services Committee, said at the time that the mandate initially made sense but did not any longer, given the primary series of a vaccine provides little to no protection against infection. President Joe Biden signed the bill despite opposing the inclusion of the mandate repeal. According to the White House, Biden imposed or directed the imposition of a number of mandates, including ones for federal workers, federal contractors, and all health care workers at facilities that receive Medicare or Medicaid funding. Most have been struck down or suspended by courts. The health care one of the, is, is one of the few still in effect. So we are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning this. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge, a Navy admiral and former head of U.S. Pacific Command has raised concerns about the lack of capability of the Defense Department uh, of detecting at least four previous Chinese spy balloons that allegedly traveled over the United States in recent years. The comment by retired Admiral Harry Harris, Jr. was made at a February 7th House Armed Services Committee hearing on the pressing threat of the Chinese Communist Party. The hearing came after a U.S. official had said that at least three times during the Trump administration, at least one other time during Biden's time as president, balloons have crossed American airspace, but not for this long. In those instances, the Pentagon determined the balloons belonged to China only after they had left U.S. airspace, said General Glenn Van Hurt, head of U.S. Northern Command on February 6th. I will tell you that we did not detect those threats, he said, of his military command, and that's a domain awareness gap that we have to figure out. He added that the U.S. intelligence community after the fact, informed his command about the balloons. Harris pointed to Van Herrick's statement, saying there is a disconnect in our ability to understand these balloons, adding that ought to concern all of us. He said that the incident sparks the need for the United States to understand the technologies and capabilities of these surveillance devices. Harris at the hearing asserted that he was not aware of any Chinese balloon that balloon when serving under the Trump administration. Representative Stephen Horsford, a member of the Armed Services Panel, said that congressional lawmakers should absolutely look into the earlier Chinese spy balloon traversal. The committee has a responsibility to look at all areas of national security, he said. We should review actions from the current and previous administrations. Harris agreed with the handling of the Chinese balloon by the Pentagon. I think it was a good response. And to the end of the day, we were able to shoot this thing down with no risk to Americans and collect the intelligence from it. Plus, we were able to understand more about what it, what it is doing up to the point of the shoot down. 
he told the congressional lawyers. I do think shooting it down over the Atlantic was an appropriate response, he added. If it was a threat to the United States, if it was collecting information that could not be blocked, then that's a different issue. Uh, Representative Corey Mills responded with skepticism, saying, if the idea was to shoot it down in a safe area, then we could have done that over the Pacific. Mills called it a huge mistake and failure to let it travel all the way across the country. The Florida lawmaker viewed the incident as a vulnerability assessment by the Chinese. White House officials, including National Security Council Strategic Communications Coordinator John Kirby, have emphasized that they blocked the balloon's intelligence-gathering capability as it traveled across the country. But Representative Nancy Mace, a member of the Armed Services Panel, remained concerned about the DOD's response. I would pay attention to the kinds of military sites the balloon flew over, Mace told them. Why did we wait four days to do it? Melanie Sisson, a foreign policy fellow at the Strobe Talbot Center for Security Strategy and Technology, who also offered testimony at the event, pointed to the Secretary of State Antony Blinken's postponement of the planned weekend trip of Beijing in response to the balloon incident. We need those high-level contacts, she said. It would have been an opportunity to discuss crisis management. In addition, she said it would be able to press the CCP on other such problematic behaviors. During his testimony, Representative Mike Rogers, chair of the House Armed Services Committee, noted that the CCP had nearly tripled its military spending over the last decade and said that the United States would need to act swiftly to counter the threat or else risk losing the opportunity altogether. China is the most challenging national security threat America has faced in 30 years, he said. If we fail to acknowledge that and take immediate action to deter it, the next 30 years could be devastating to our nation. We have to stop being naive about the threat we face from China. We no longer have the luxury of tongues. So we're thanking the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning that matter. And those matters. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous turning. Lisbon, Ohio. The arrest of a News Nation reporter covering Ohio Governor Mike DeWine's February 8th press conference in East Palestine amid the aftermath of a Norfolk Southern Railway train derailment and chemical spill was still in the public eye on February 14th. That would have been yesterday. While Devine provided updates about the recovery in East Palestine during a press briefing in Columbus, around a dozen protesters gathered outside of the Columbian County Courthouse in Lisbon to stand up for our First Amendment rights and support Evan Lambert. The group also called for the resignation of the Columbian uh, County Sheriff Brian McLaughlin and the termination of Chief Deputy Jen Tucker and East Palestine Detective Dan Hawker, Hawker. Representing News Nation, 
Lambert was arrested after filming a live broadcast as DeWine addressed reporters about the February 3rd accident when a Norfolk Southern Railway train carrying toxic chemicals derailed in East Palestine. That's not across the water. That's just in Ohio, okay? Of the 50 freight cars, 10 contain hazardous materials, including vinyl chloride, ethylene glycol, monobutyl ether, ethyl hexyl acrylate, isobutylene, and butyl acrylate. Rick Barron, who lives in Mahoning County, north of Lisbon, was among the demonstrators holding a sign in front of the courthouse. We've had a lack of transparency since the derailment happened. So it's important that the media be here and be able to do their job without interference, Barron said. What happened with Lambert's arrest is another example of the Constitution being trampled on. And we are out here because we should not stay silent. The derailment occurred as a Norfolk Southern Railway train was traveling from Madison, Illinois to Conway, Pennsylvania. Each East Palestine is a village of 4,761 people near the Pennsylvania state line in eastern Ohio. After the freight cars veered off the track, a days-long fire erupted. Following the accident, emergency officials decided to release the gases from the derailed cars in a controlled burn to prevent a potential explosion, although the move released toxic fumes into the air. At the time, DeWine implored East Liverpool residents to evacuate. You need to leave. You just need to leave, DeWine said. This is a matter of life and death. On February 8th, DeWine visited East Palestine and held his first press conference there since the derailment. Lambert was among the reporters in attendance covering the announcement that the evacuation order had been lifted. Standing in the back of the school gymnasium, Lambert was performing a live spot on the air and was accused of being loud. Okay, this is a press conference. They're not quiet. Ohio National Guard Major General John Harris and two Ohio State Highway Patrol officers attempted to stop Lambert's broadcast because he was loud, from the East Palestine Police Department reported. Ohio State Highway Patrol body camera footage shows that Harris pushed Lambert, prompting law enforcement officers to separate the men. The footage shows a heated discussion between Lambert and law enforcement officers ensued. Harris felt threatened, police said. The footage footage does not indicate what sparked the argument. Harder, the arresting officer, said in an affidavit that he, Tucker McLaughlin, and Lieutenant Caleb Wyckoff of the Columbia County Sheriff's Office told Lambert that he must leave the gym. Lambert refused and was then asked to depart by the building superintendent, transportation supervisor, according to the affidavit. Lambert was taken into custody for criminal trespassing. Well, how do you do that when you're at a live press conference? Okay. A resisting arrest charge was added when he allegedly pulled away. That is when Lambert was put on the ground as the news camera rolled. Harder and Tucker 
placed him in handcuffs and guided him away. When he was asked to leave the premises, Lambert declined and said, I'm doing my job that's covered by the First Amendment. Upon learning of Lambert's arrest, DeWine publicly defended his right to perform his role as a member of the media. During his February 14th press conference, DeWine reiterated that viewpoint. I have the same opinion that I had the first day, DeWine said. It seems to me that everyone would be better off if the Ohio Attorney General could see fit to could see fit to not proceed with any kind of prosecution. Harris claimed that Lambert approached him in an aggressive manner and that he put his hands on Lambert's chest to keep him from bumping into me. The incident should never have occurred in the first place, and Lambert should not have been stopped from his live broadcast, DeWine said on February 14th. DeWine noted, that he spoke with Harris about the confrontation. I think the general regrets that, DeWine said. I explained to him how press conferences work and that, frankly, sometimes during a live press conference, someone will be reporting directly. They have a right to deliver the news however they want to deliver the news, DeWine added. He, Harris, regrets the whole situation. DeWine did not disclose whether the Ohio National Guard's leading adjunct general will face discipline. Lambert was transported to the Columbia County Jail, where he was charged with resisting and criminal trespassing before being released on a $750 bond around five hours later. The Columbia County Prosecutor's Office turned over the case to Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost's office, Lambert 34, is scheduled for arraignment on misdemeanor charges of criminal trespass and resisting arrest on February 23rd at 8.30 a.m. in the county county's municipal court. Lambert's attorney filed a written plea of not guilty and a waiver of a right to a speedy trial on February 13th. Lambert lives in Washington, and Cassis tried to waive his presence at the arraignment but the request was denied. Lambert must appear in person for the arraignment. The claims made by Adjunct Major Harris that Mr. Lambert was aggressive and that Harris was convinced he was prepared to do harm to me is patently false, said in the statement. It is our position that the numerous videos of the incident as recorded by bystanders speak for themselves. Jamie Kennedy who lives in East Palestine, was among the demonstrators. She believes that the conduct of law enforcement officers at the scene was unacceptable. I was out here in 2020 standing up against COVID mask mandates, and I stood up against vaccine mandates. This Lambert's arrest is another example of how our freedom is being taken away. Kennedy said the reporter was just doing his job, and we shouldn't even have to be there because the arrest shouldn't have happened. But it's important we stand up and speak out. So we thank the righteous judge for his adjudications. We're requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning a Chicago father has learned that he's been placed on a flight watch list after opposing pornographic material in his kids' schools. Over the summer of 2021, Terry Newsom, who described himself in comments as a lifelong Democrat until recently, 
was one of several parents in the 99th School District of Downers Grove, Chicago, who expressed opposition to books in his children's library that had sexually explicit and pornographic content. In December, Newsom discovered that he had been placed on a watch list. On December 16, 2022, he and his family attempted to board a plane en route to Turning Point USA, America's Fest Convention in Phoenix, Arizona. Newsom, who travels a great deal for work, was shocked to learn that he'd been placed on a watch list and had to get substantially more screening before being allowed to board, causing him to miss his original flight. Initially, Newsom was told that he'd been placed on the list by the FBI. Isn't that interesting? On his return journey from Phoenix, he was informed that the classification originated from the Department of Justice. Despite having been a Transportation Security Administration pre-check approved flyer for over a decade, upon his family's arrival at O'Hare International Airport, Newsom learned about the new designation. Upon arriving at the airport, Newsom's family found that they couldn't check in electronically like we normally did. Initially, Newman and his wife just chalked it up to the fact that they had minors traveling with them that were not their children. It was only later that Newsom learned he had been given the dreaded Quad S designation on his ticket, an acronym standing for Secondary Security Screening Selection, compared to the normal security guidelines for boarding. Those with boarding passes marked 4S must get far more screening. 4S boarding pass holders are traditionally removed from the line and brought elsewhere for additional screening. This screening is nothing if not thorough. Passengers are asked to remove all items from their bags, which are then examined individually while the bag is thoroughly searched. In addition to much stricter screening of bags, these flyers are typically on the receiving end of a full-body pat-down. They also have their hands and sometimes, according to some reports, their feet swabbed to check for explosives. That's a bit extreme. Just how invasive this search can be depends on circumstances, but flyers with the 4S designation can also expect to be prodded on questions like if they pack their own bag, where they're headed, why they're going there. And when he got to the airport, Newsom had no idea that he'd been flagged with a 4S designation. He first realized that something was amiss at the ticket desk where he was told by the clerk that she couldn't print his boarding pass. The issue was taking so long that Newsom told his family who had already received their boarding passes to go ahead without him. They did, but were pulled out of the line for additional screening. Newsom hurried over to the TSA desk when he saw this to learn what was going on. It was then that Newsom was told that he'd been flagged as a potential security threat. However, both he and the TSA staff, Newsom reported, assumed that the designation was an error and that the system had confused Newsom with someone else who shared his name. After the additional screening, Newsom finally got to the gate where he was denied access to his flight because the extra screening had caused them to be late. Newsom's family also failed to get on the flight due to the extra screening. 
At that point, Newsom was finally told what was going on when an airport employee told him, somebody put you on a list with some real bad people. Isn't that cute? After missing their, Newsom was able to find another flight for himself and his family. But before he could board, the airline had to get approval from the FBI for him to fly. The approval came through at the last minute, and Newsom's family was finally able to start their trip to Phoenix. Newsom was the last person to board his plane. The same scene played out on the return journey when Newsom learned he had been placed on the list by the Department of Justice. Following these experiences, Newsom sent a Freedom of Information request to the FBI, seeking more information about his newly discovered status as an alleged terrorist. The FBI refused to discuss details with Newsom. In the letter he received replying to his request, the FBI wrote in part, the U.S. government can neither confirm nor deny whether a particular person is on any terrorist watch list. Sure. Maintaining the confidentiality of government watch lists is necessary to achieve the objectives of the U.S. government as well as to protect the privacy of individuals who may be on a watch list for a limited time and later removed. If the U.S. government revealed who was listed on any government watch list, terrorists would be able to take actions to avoid detection by government authorities. Thus, the FBI neither confirms nor denies the existence of your subject's name on any watch list pursuant to a FOI exemption because the federal government refuses to do refuses to so much as to acknowledge that Newsom had been placed on a list it is unclear why Newsom's name was flagged for enhanced screening the addition of his name to the list is in response to his past political activities in their response to an inquiry about Newsom the FBI's press office insisted that the agency does not open investigations solely on the grounds of protected First Amendment activity. The FBI can never open an investigation based solely on protected First Amendment activity, the agency wrote. We cannot and do not investigate ideology. We focus on individuals who commit or intend to commit violence and criminal activity that constitutes a federal crime or poses a threat to national security. The spokesperson expressly refused to answer questions relating to the process of placing someone on a watch list including questions about oversight of the FBI's ability to place Americans on flight watch lists. Additionally, Newsom also reached out to the TSA. In his query, Newsom requested information and attempted to be placed back on the TSA pre-checklist. In its reply, the TSA said he was no longer eligible for its pre-checklist, but suggested that Newsom would no longer be subject to enhanced screening. Mm-hmm, sure. Newsom remains uncertain about his flight status. As a result of recurrent checks and based on a comprehensive background check, <coughs> TSA was unable to determine that you pose a sufficiently low risk to transportation and national security to continue to be eligible for expedited airport security screening through the TSA pre-check application program, the reply said. As a result, Determined that you are no longer eligible to go through that program. This eligibility determination for the TSA pre-check application program <clears throat> is within the sole discretion of TSA, the letter added. 
Although you have been found ineligible to continue your participation in the program, you will continue to be screened at airport security checkpoints according to TSA standard screening protocol. My. Newsom had never been involved in school board meetings or politics until mid-2021 when he attended a district school board meeting after his then eighth-grade son came home reporting that his teacher had told him there was no American dream. Newsom, a descendant of European immigrants who had lived the American dream, was shocked to hear that. He called his children's principal to discuss the issue and suspected that these issues would only get worse when his kids' fraternal twins got to high school. In July 2021, Newsom attended his first school board meeting at Downers Grove Community High School, District 99. Newsom began immediately began to crusade on several hot-button topics, ranging from mass mandates to critical race theory, becoming an, the unofficial spokesman for several concerned mothers who were more hesitant to speak out. The moms were so happy to have an aggressive, A-type personality father to join them. They had mostly fought this battle alone against the giant system of public schools, Newsom said. Newsom's most controversial activism came with his opposition to the book Gender Queer by Mia Kobabi, a book containing sexually explicit images that teaches children about oral sex and controversial notions of gender identity. After Newsom began speaking out against the book, and the left-wing ideology that had inundated his children's school, he began facing attacks from all corners, ranging from threats by Antifa to opposition by Representative Sean Caston. Two days after the publication of an article about his activism, Newsom found threatening messages against him on a locally-run Twitter account called Antifascist Rumor Mill. Action items announced soon in regard to Terry Newsom. Time to, and his hateful agenda, the tweet read, referencing Newsom's nickname, Pop. Terry trying to make a name for himself. Look at his stupid face, the extreme hashtag disinformation rag that echoed all the lies, the big lie, the pandemic lie, etc. Another tweet from the account said, Newsom said that many of those who have spoken against him and threatened him, including members of the school board, are in close league with Representative Caston. The school board and the superintendent are all controlled by radical, radical leftists that are very vocal in the Downers Grove community and all supportive of Sean Caston, Newsom said. So nobody that speaks out with a different opinion so that anybody that speaks out with a different opinion is brutally attacked on social media and called racist, homophobic, and so forth, no matter the truth. To make a point, I've said it from the very beginning through now. Me and the other parents are not anti-gay or homophobic. We're anti-porn, Newsom said. Some of Newsom's critics have in the past pointed out that Newsom was present at the January 6th Stop the Steal rally. Newsom candidly admits that he attended the rally but said that he had no bad intentions 
and broke no laws that day. I went to January 6th with my friend, a retired police officer, Newsom said. According to Newsom, the FBI previously previously investigated his friend who attended the event, retired officer Rob Waller, and had cleared him of any wrongdoing. Aside from an old Civil War era sword, Newsom does not possess any weapons and was unarmed at the event. Additionally, Newsom was undergoing immunotherapy for cancer at the time, leaving him in a weakened state. Newsom said his only reason for attending the rally was to hear President Donald Trump speak and to ensure people were safe. We went down there for two things. One, to see our president speak. Two, because we're both still big guys, even though we're older. We saw in November, December, families, parents overly attacked by Antifa and Black Lives Matters in front of their hotels. Newsom said he had left by the time order broke down at the rally, which he vindicated by providing timestamp photos. Newsom's photos and timestamps from that day show that he did not trespass on Capitol grounds and was gone before the Capitol breach began. Newsom's story comes amid concerns over weaponization of the DOJ. Oh, all right. In November, House Republicans unveiled a 1,050-page report detailing whistleblower findings. Since then, the party has authorized the creation of the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, which held its inaugural hearing on February 9th. In his opening remarks, Weaponization Chairman Jim Jordan read out a litany of findings from whistleblower testimony. For instance, Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee were told that the FBI had created a threat tag for parents voicing their concerns at school board meetings. In May 2022, another whistleblower revealed that dozens of parents designated with a threat tag were being investigated by the agency. The same whistleblower said that the leadership of the FBI is rotted at its core. Following this, that whistleblower had his security clearance revoked and was suspended from the FBI. Okay, do you get the point? In April 2022, another whistleblower told Republicans that FBI agents were being run out of the Bureau for attending conservative political events while off-duty. Jordan also cited whistleblower testimony previously included in the whistleblower report that claimed that the FBI had manufactured domestic violent extremism events to hit self-created performance metrics. Additional testimony in September revealed that January 6th case files had been altered to make it appear that domestic violent extremism events were on the rise, as Democrats and President Joe Biden have long claimed. Oh, so they lied. That's how they worked that lie. The agent was later suspended. In September 2022, yet another whistleblower revealed to Republicans that the FBI views the Betsy Ross flag, the original design of the American flag with 13 stars, as a terrorist symbol. Additional testimony found that FBI accepts personal data on users from Facebook without the user's consent. All right, that's your government. Amen. 
All right. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning at a time when church membership has hit an all-time low in the Western world, it might seem odd that Christian leaders appear more determined than ever to alienate what's left of their dwindling flock through woke nonsense. In December, for example, the dean of Trinity College left an assembly of worshipers in tears after he argued that the body of Jesus Christ appears to be trained. Yeah. I don't think I'd have been in tears. Part of the reasoning was due to the wound on his side made by a Roman spear as the Son of God hung dying on the cross, which had a decidedly vaginal appearance. Yes, that's right, I said. I will let the reader make of that what they will. Now not to be outdone as far as possible heresies go, the Church of England, under pressure from liberal Christians, is considering declaring God gender neutral. In other words, no more our Father in the Lord's Prayer. While God the Father will be a meaningless they or them, some divine intervention since the very first words of the Old Testament are in the beginning God created. Uh, The the verb bara, created, agrees with a masculine singular object. Could it be the case that the Bible, the very word of God, got it all wrong? Uh, no, it's that some people want it their way, not God's way. It is important to be clear about one thing. The very foundation of the Christian faith rests on the idea of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To ignore that millennia-old teaching is to ignore the very essence of the entire Bible. Reverend Ian Paul, a member of the General Synod and the Archbishop's Council of the Church of England, cautioned against any retreat from the original scriptures, saying the fact that God is called Father can't be substituted by Mother without changing meaning, nor can it be gender neutralized to parent without loss of meaning. Fathers and mothers are not interchangeable, but relate to their offspring in different ways. If the liturgical commission seeks to change this, then in an important way they will be moving the doctrine of the church away from being grounded in the scriptures, he added. Indeed, terms like father and mother have long been used as as a metaphorical way of relating to things that are no mere mortal will be able to completely fathom. Earth, for example, has long been depicted as feminine, Mother Earth, to better appreciate the bounty and plentitude of its life-bearing gifts. And then there was a poem that I'm not going through. I'm going to skip that part, even though it's short. In a sense, that is exactly what the liberals are destroying with their incessant desire to wreak havoc on language, the poetical attachment that human beings give to things that are far beyond their limited abilities to comprehend. Now, they have taken their mission straight to the pearly gates of heaven, and I'm guessing St. Peter won't be answering their calls anytime soon. The same thing could be said, by the way, for many people who make up the Church of England. After all, it seems to have escaped everyone's attention that at the same time the woke crusaders invade the sanctity of the church, turning tradition on its head, worshipers are increasingly absent from the pews. Just a coincidence? This would be a good time for the church to push back 
against the idea that people can readily change what the good Lord created. At the same time that some people want to make God gender neutral, incidentally and perhaps coincidentally, one notable unholy deity that has been depicted as gender neutral to date is Baphomet. You heard it, Baphomet, who has acquired a new following in the West of late. There are young children being taught in the classroom that they might have to be born into the wrong that they might have been born into the wrong body. This places them on the path to undergo medical operations to change what many people believe was God's work. The church should shoot, seize this moment when so many people are confused over their identity and stand firm on the identity of the supreme creator. Let the next generation of youth understand that there are some things in this world that should never be changed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your adjudication. We seem to have interesting situations in this life that require your adjudications and outright intervention. So we look for some strategic spiritual warfare. Brother Marshall, we're ready for that strategic spiritual warfare. Come boldly and joyfully before your throne of grace, according to the scripture Sabrina, Pastor Sabrina already quoted in Ephesians 4.16. Not the Ephesians, excuse me. Hebrews 4.16. Because that's where you meet us, Lord, because of the blood sprinkled on your throne of grace. We think of the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Like it says in in Hebrews 12:24, and that's the blood that's speaking on our behalf. Says, Father, forgive them. They really didn't know what they were doing. You told us to pray for those who despitefully use us. And why are they despitefully using these different people, Father God? Because they don't know you, the true and living God, who loves every human being. You told us to pray for them, Father God, not to curse them, to pray for them. You said, Vengeance is mine; I will repay. And we thank you for exposing all these things, not just the things that Pastor Sabrina has has, uh, read through and and gone through these different reports, Father God, but we do ask for divine intervention and adjudication, Father God, because your arm is not too short to save. And you said we're not supposed to be anxious about these little things, Father. Some of them don't look too little. It could be rather an opportunity to get angry and carry grudges, but you tell us we can't do that. Because you allow the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. And you know within every one of our hearts, when we're awake, when we're asleep, if we're reaching for the TV remote or reaching for the Bible, if we're reaching to a whatever we're doing, if we have to listen to that podcast, did we, did we ask you, should we listen to that? What are we doing, Lord? So you know every one of us in all of our hearts, and you're ready to change us from glory to glory. As we behold your glory with open face, because your eyes are not only red with wine, your eyes are a flame of fire. And you know what's in my heart, and you've been working on me for some time now, and you're not quite done yet. So thanks, and Heavenly Father, please forgive me. The Jewish carpenter Jesus is still working on me, and he's doing a good work. He knows what he's doing. But Father, you said in your word, in Philippians 4, 6 and following, be careful, be anxious, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. Let your requests be made known unto God. We thank you, Lord, for many, many divine interventions. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, should keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, Father, first and foremost, I didn't get it in the in the prayer room today, but the praise report 
I talked to a, a, a prayer partner, a sister over in, in uh, the other Palestine, not, not the one in Pennsylvania. I'm a little closer to that physically, graphic, geographically. Went over in, in the Palestinian Authority in Bethlehem, where Jesus was physically born. The House of Bread, where the, where the, um, the, the, the Passover lambs were raised. That same place where they had the Passover lambs. That's what the shepherds were. It talks about in Luke chapter 2. The shepherds were. People like to read that around what we call Christmas time, Father God, because the shepherds came and they got a message from angels. Father God, you're still trying to get through. You have wonderful plans for the people. Well, we just need to hear. You said, the Father says, we're supposed to listen to this, his son. We're supposed to listen to Jesus. And, and, and he liked and loved Martha and, 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 and uh, her sister Mary and Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. But Mary had it the right way. He, he said, Mary's chosen the better way. What did she do? Did she, did she sit down and watch in front of the evening news? I don't think they had it back then. Did she go to the gossip hour at the local uh, uh, sisters' gathering? Not necessarily. She went to sit at Jesus' feet and to hear what he had to say, probably gazing up into his eyes, too, because I'm sure that were very captivating eyes. So we thank you for guiding us with your eye, Lord, all of us, so we can walk in love and walk in peace with everyone. And I want to thank you for the praise report I heard from the sister in the Middle East, Father God. After the earthquake recently, Father God, a lot of people are praying all over the earth, especially in the church she's involved with, Father God. A lot of people are praying for those that were caught, not just in Turkey, but in Syria, Father God, where the ruler of Syria would not allow people to get in there very quickly to help those that were trapped under the collapsed buildings, Father. So the people were praying, praying, praying. And you answered so supernaturally, Father. The children that could talk, that were old enough to express things, he would say, well, you look pretty good. You, some of them are under the rubble for five days, six days, seven days. Hey, they're still digging. And that happened back, what, was it a, a week ago Tuesday? They're still digging, finding that little baby in Turkey, perfectly healthy. And the man who rescued the baby, apparently, my wife said, his wife is breastfeeding the little baby. The parents didn't make it, but the baby made it. And, and some of these children that could talk said that someone came and fed them. We thank you for your divine intervention. We thank you for angels feeding them, Father God. You said you sent your angels to strengthen Jesus, being you know, respect your person. Ask you to continue to deliver all those in harm's way, Father, in Jesus. And we thank you because we do come before your throne of grace with thanksgiving. Thank you for delivering so many children, many, many, many people, Father God, and many children in Turkey and especially in Syria where no one else was coming to their rescue, Father God. We thank you for hearing the prayers, our prayers, from Miracle Internet Church and Miracle Outreach Ministries and the prayers of the saints all over the earth, Father God, especially those, and even delivering. And even as that woman said, mm, mm, the pastor of her church went to a rather secretive gathering of uh, ex-Muslims who become Christians in Turkey. And he flew from his area. He went and he returned home two days before the earthquake. But he said it was a spiritual warfare. It was intense, very intense. Father. He says his plane almost crashed. His legs were in tremendous agony. He never had problems with his legs before. But he got there, and so many hundreds of hundreds of ex-Muslims accepted Jesus. We thank you for the revival that's breaking out all over Europe, not just Muslims from Turkey, Muslims from Iran, different places gathered there. Of course, they didn't want to have their name spread abroad because they're already undergoing tremendous persecutions just from their own family. They don't need to be bumped off. So we thank you for divinely protecting and delivering all those in harm's way, Father God, and we ask you to do so. And we thank you for hearing our prayers, even as we p- p- 
been praying and ask you to expose what's going on in all these different situations, including what's going on with the nonsense with the so-called mandates for the COVID vaccine and all these different things that Pastor Sabrina has just read through. And you are answering our prayers because we've been standing on your word because Jesus said we're not supposed to be afraid of them. He said in Matthew 10, 26, Fear them not, therefore, for there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. And, Father, even as, as Pastor Sabrina was making a very important point today about asking in agreement, because you said, if two of you on earth, in Matthew 18, 19, agree such anything you ask, it shall be done to my Father which is in heaven. And long before Matthew 18, 19 was penned by the Holy Ghost, previously the Holy Ghost penned some other scriptures back in the book of Daniel. And apparently Daniel, when he was told that all those wise men were going to be, you know, have, have their necks lit or whatever, they were going to be beheaded or whatever, they were going to be put, because the king was not happy, because the wise men couldn't tell him what his dream was, and with the interpretation which is a pretty tall order. So what did he do in Daniel 2, 17? Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which is also, those were their original Hebrew names. Of course, they were called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego elsewhere. But Father God, they all prayed in the agreement, even though they might not have known Matthew 18, 19, but you heard their prayer, and you answered them, and you gave them divine intervention, divine revelation, Father God, and King Nebuchadnezzar was floored, and he fell upon his face in Daniel 2:46, and worshipped Daniel, which we're not supposed to worship any created being. But anyway, he didn't maybe know that, and commanded they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. And verse 47 of Daniel 2:47, the king answered unto Daniel, said, "Of a truth it is that your God is the God of gods. Oh, he's not the other gods. He's not the God from the Masonic lodge. No, uh, no, he's not the God from Islam. No, uh." Now, they say the Islam God has no no son. And Father God tells us we have to believe in the name of his son and love everyone. Just like it says in 1 John 3, around verse 23. We're supposed to believe in the name of his son. And how do we do that? I think it's when we have the cup of communion. We have his blood on our lips. (laughs) And then in our hearts. We have to believe in our hearts, not just in our minds. That's what it's all about. What's in our heart blood? Yes, it's supposed to have divine blood, not ordinary human blood. No, the sinless, innocent blood of the creator God. He doesn't make any mistakes when he made us. We thank him for that, Lord. That your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets. Thank you for revealing the secrets, what's going on with these people and bringing people forward that are standing for the truth concerning what's going on, concerning this nonsense with the COVID, so-called COVID vaccination requirement for people to get transplants and to get abnormal medical procedures done or the procedures they want to pursue, Father God. Of course, you have a better way. You can give divine uh, transplants, Father God. But maybe they don't know that yet because they have to give their hearts 100, not just 50%, 99%, 100% to the Lamb of God. And then he can do give them a new heart. A new heart will I put in you. A new spirit will I put within you. Like it says in, where is that? Mm, Ezekiel 36, 26. So we ask you, Father God, to give us all new hearts, a heart after your own heart. Because we're not here for our purposes. We're here for your purposes. And we thank you for helping us to do so, Father in Jesus' name, even according to your word, is forever settled in heaven. Even as you said in your word, that we realize that the Creator God came, because about that, he sent His Son, kind of like Isaac was put on the altar. But you provided an alternative. You provided the ram in the thicket caught by His horns. But Jesus showed us how much Father God loves us. That they, and, and it says in your word in Second Corinthians 5.15, that they which live shall not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. And that's why those people are willing to leave the Muslim faith and come to the 
faith in Jesus, even though they would be disowned by their parents, persecuted, and all the rest of it, Father God, even as the bishop's wife did. The real bishop can't go, Father God. And she wouldn't go to the hospital because if she did, she'd have to renounce Christianity. She'd have to renounce the faith in the blood covenant, Father God. And she just lay on her bed when she was deathly ill twice, saying, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. And you supernaturally raised her up from her deathbed twice. So, Father God, you know respect her friends. You're going to raise this nation up. You said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. And it's not just for the United States. It's not just for Canada. It's not just for Great Britain. It's not just for Australia. It's not just for New Zealand. All over your earth, Lord. Yes, the people in Norway, Father God. Every nation, Father, people in Norway, some of their government officials helped U.S. officials do some nasty things to try and bring about a World War III. Father, we ask you to have mercy. We bind those spirits seeking to discriminate between one group and another group, Father God. All those Russians are nasty, nasty people. No, they're all just people. Different people have different perspectives. We don't always know what's going on in each one's heart, but Jesus does. So, Father, we ask for a divine intervention and adjudication from these people, including Rand Paul, that have brought this new bill forward, Father God, to authorize that there shall not be any uh, funding of hospitals and other groups that refuse to give proper care based on vaccination status, Father God, which flies in the face of this whole nonsense trying to bring about the World Health Organization taking over the sovereignty of the United States just at the drop of hat. Oh, we're going to declare a, a new pandemic. Oh, it's going to be so wonderful that you all get to just do what we tell you to do. We bind the spirits of draconian, ungodly, demonic control. Sounds more like mafia to me. Doesn't it sound more like a mafia I mean, fascism is just such a nice word by comparison. This sounds a whole lot like, more like mafia. We're going to we're gonna break your knees. We're going to give you some cement shoes if you don't do what we tell you to do. Huh? It sounds like that, doesn't it, Father? But you told us to love the people, Father God. And so we pray for those who despite for the use of us. Father, you can change their hearts. You got a hold of Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. Apparently, you got a hold of Khrushchev, and he was slamming his shoe in the, in the U.N., Father God saying they're going to bring in communism all over the world. They're working hard. They're working really, really, really hard to do it, trying really, really hard. So, Father, we thank you, Father God, for supporting this bill that Senator Rand Paul and and the fellow from, who was it, uh, the fellow from North Carolina, Representative uh, uh, Dan Bishop, and others that are putting forth, Father God, Father, it's going to take your supernatural intervention. Because apparently they need 60 in the Senate to pass it. <clears throat> and the Republicans, of course, they had the wonderful election or selection process done that was controlled by mm, possibly um, people from other countries and other people. And that person who worked for that group that was still held in L.A., but maybe he went back to the CCP, that whole group that did the election thing. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my. Father, we ask you to expose the rest of it, Father God. You, can exp- you, you, you listen to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with Daniel. And you can do exceeding abundantly more. You, you can feed the children under piles of rubble, Father God, when no one could reach them, Father God. You can keep them perfectly healthy and alive in dire circumstances, Father God. You can do exceeding abundantly much, much more than we can ask or imagine. But you said you have not because you asked that. But we're asking. And you said, if two of you on earth are great, just anything you ask, it shall be done in my Father's in heaven. But you said, we can, oh, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Because you gave us dominion on the earth, just like it says in Psalm 115, verse 16. And we thank you for that, Father. So we bind you, Satan. We bind every one of your unlings, every spirit of Leviathan, every spirit of sexual perversion, including those behind the 
Trying to flood this country with, with uh, children that have no parents. To go and do, serve the global elite in perverse ways. We bind every one of these, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, every spirit of mammon, love of money, every spirit of ungodly fear, blackmail, every ungodly spirit affecting those in the, in the Senate and every other area in the United States and every nation in Jesus' name. And all those different people, all the puppet masters behind the so-called Biden, whoever he is and whoever his doubles are, we bind every one of those spirits in Jesus' name. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. We cut off all ungodly trigger tones, trigger words from trying to bring in another shooting or something else. They're trying to take away people's right to bear arms. They pretty well trashed the First Amendment. They're trying really hard. They've been trying for some time to get rid of the Second Amendment. That's about the only thing that's kept us from going the way that Australia went, where they were going around jabbing the Aborigines without any consent from their parents or anyone else, rather, guys, just like they were just cattle. Like you go out and, and brand a cattle, right? They don't belong to anybody. They're not real humans. Father God, we bind every one of these spirits of the kind of about that little, little, some people call them lizard heads, that people who act just like they're animals. They have no empathy whatsoever. We bind every spirit that's contrary to God given compassion and empathy because that's what discriminated between the love of God and the hatred of Satan. Satan hates every human being. He doesn't even care if they happen to be witches and warlocks. He, he controls them with fear. He controls them with, with not allowing them to sleep, not allowing them to eat and much. So that's why they're trying to do that to everyone else, trying to take away their food, trying to cause them to be, oh, to listen to CNN. Oh, it's me so afraid. So, Father God, we thank you. You've not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and of a sound mind. We've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We thank you for causing all those. And there are some standing up, Father God, even in the in this, in U.S. Senate, against this whole nonsense, Father God, and those trying to allow people to take care of their bodies. We thank you for this fellow, Ross Barranco, in Michigan, who's bringing litigation over being disqualified, Father God, and he only has 20% of his kidney working. I used to work as a dialysis nurse for a while. And it's very, very challenging for people to have to get the Gore-Tex grass put in their arms or have to go on the other type of dialysis with the liquid going into their belly, peritoneal dialysis. Father God, it's not much fun to have the toxins build up and then have them drag down, build up and drag down. Father, we thank you. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you know what sex we are and you know how the kidneys are supposed to work. Father, we ask you to help that follow. <laughs> and all those in harm's way, Father, including Ross Barranco, don't even need a, 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 a man kidney transplant from, from a human doctor because Jesus makes house calls. And you can give him a new kidney from heaven. If you can take care of those children supernaturally, you can give him a new kidney. Whatever you ask in faith, believing, you shall receive. We thank you for that, Father God. You're no respecter of person. What you've done for one, you'll do for another. You get, that's the greatest miracle of all is when people can be translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Even as Pat Holiday said, she was the most arrogant woman her husband ever knew. And you humbled her profoundly. She was afraid to even lie about the mink coat, where did she, or whatever it was. Where did she get it? Was she finally to say, no, I, it, it was a hand-me-down.
Come the 